Hello, how are you? And welcome back to Victoria's podcast. Murder, mystery and mayhem. Before we go any further, I'd like to say that this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. I do not mean any harm or any disrespect to the family or friends of the people we talk about. Today's episode is recorded live, is about the Murs murders, Ian Bradley and Myra Hindley's story. The Murs murders. Two vicious killers reigned terror on the town of Manchester, England, between 1963 and 1965. Five children, all between the ages of 10 and 17, were the chosen victims of Myra Hindley and Ian Brady. In a cruel act of fate, two killers met, willing to do anything necessary to prove their undying loyalty to one another. Now known as the Murs Murders, these serial killers made an eternal scar on the memory of the saddle work more. Born in Manchester, England, on the July the 23rd, 1942, Myra Hindley grew up to an abusive father who served in the Second World War, often beat his family. Her mother fought to protect her children, willing to take the brunt of the abuse to save them from her husband's anger. When Myra was four year old, years old, her little sister Maureen was born. At this time, Myra was sent to live with her grandmother and was constantly deprived of her father's affections. When she beat another schoolboy in a fight, she finally learned a way to earn attention from her dad. She began using her reputation as a fighter to not only protect her family. At age 15, one of Maureen's friends passed away from drowning. And then Myra, due to the devastation of this, converted to Roman Catholicism. In 1961, Myra met Ian Brady, who was working as a store clerk after just being released from prison. She was immediately infatuated with him and was willing to do anything to prove so. Her family soon voiced their disapproval of Ian and her secret life began to take form. Ian erected a plan to stage a fake robbery to test Myra's loyalty to him. After she completed each step necessary, he had total, total trust in his ability to manipulate her. Ian Brady, on the other hand, was born in the slums of Glasgow, Scotland. He was raised by his single mother and never learned the identity of his biological father. Working as a waitress to support herself and Ian, she was often required to work very long hours and would be forced to leave Ian behind. At four months old, she unofficially gave him up for adoption, but continued to visit him throughout his life. Known to have violent outbursts, Ian had difficulty integrating with children his own age. As a young teenager, he became interested in the writings of Hitler, soon developing a fascination 
with sadistic authors. After he was arrested for robbery at age 16, he was forced to move back in with his mother and stepfather. He attempted to fit in with his family, even going as far as taking his stepfather's last name. Despite his attempts to do better in his life, he soon began committing more crimes and landed in prison a year later. He was released on November of 1957 and he met Myra in 1961. The Crimes and the Victims On July 12, 1963, Pauline Reed was kidnapped by Myra on her way home from a local dance. She was driven to a spot Ian Brady was waiting in the Saddleworth Moor and was raped, beaten and stabbed to death. They buried her there. Just four months later, John Kilbride, who was only 12, was kidnapped from a local market and was never seen again. Myra and Ian are responsible for his disappearance. On June the 16th, 1964, Keith Bennett was kidnapped by Myra while on his way to his grandmother's. He was taken to the moors where Ian was waiting. He was raped, strangled and buried there. On Boxing Day of 1964, Leslie Ann Downey was kidnapped by Myra and Ian. She was never seen again. And their final victim? Edward Evans was murdered by Myra on October the 7th, 1965. Her brother-in-law witnessed her kill Edwards with an axe and he tipped off the police to where the body would be located in the moor. Myra and Ian were both arrested shortly following this. <clears throat> After his conviction, Ian Brady was sent to Durham Prison requesting to be put into solitary confinement. After 19 years in 1985, Brady has declared, was declared a psychopath and was sent to serve the remainder of his sentence at Park Lane Hospital. Required to spend a minimum of 30 years in prison before the possibility of parole. Myra petitioned for numerous appeals in an attempt to win her freedom. These attempts were unsuccessful. On November the 15th, 2002, she died from pneumonia. Ian Brady died on Monday, May 15th, with the murder's time of death understood to be just before 6pm. A post-mortal revealed that his official cause of death was COPD. Well, I've seen um, documentaries on Myra and Ian and they, they were just so, their love for each other was just so twisted like. And it was his idea to, to kidnap and rape and murder these children and bury them out in the moors but they were also found to have photographs with either of them sitting on top of where they believe the graves of these children are. Not all the children have actually been found. I believe it could be maybe Keith Bennett is still up there and his mother has never given up on hope on one day finding his body. Myra eventually tried to help them find the bodies, but she really couldn't remember where they were. And she only did that in a hope that she'd be released. Myra didn't just ruin 
her life and Ian's life, all those five children that they murdered, their futures were stolen from them. Their, their brothers' and sisters' lives were ruined. Their aunts and uncles, the grandparents, the parents. I mean, the damage that they done was a lot more than just kill five people or children, should I say. Myra's sister as well, Maureen, ended up um, losing custody of her children and her husband raised those kids on his own. I believe he actually lives in Ireland now or Northern Ireland. And he never fully recovered from what he witnessed tonight on the final murder. Um, Myra had claimed that she had nothing to do with it, but they did find her voice on tape recordings and stuff like that. When it's couples like this, I often wonder if they didn't meet each other, would either, either of them have ever went on to commit a crime? Because I know, um, well, to commit a crime so heinous, I do believe when with Fred and Rosemary West, I mean, on their own, they were both disgustingly horrible people, but together they were just pure evil. And I don't know if they would have lived the lives that they lived and caused as much damage and hurt and pain and, and murder if they hadn't have met the wrong person, you could say. So that's just my thought on it now. hope you enjoyed the podcast and have an amazing night. And we'll catch up with you during the week. Bye.